Hey, everybody. Welcome to How Leaders Lead. I'm David Novak, and I'm here with the cool Kula Callahan. Kula, I understand you just got back from Scotland. Did you have a hole-in-one while you were over there? I didn't have a hole-in-one, although I'm pretty sure I was made for Lynx golf. Those wide fairways do really, really well for my game. As they say these days, I feel you, Kula. I feel you. you know? <laughs> well, let's get right to it. You know, in today's three more questions, we're going to dive deeper into a conversation I had with last week's podcast guest, Don Sweeney, the former president and CEO of the National Restaurant Association. She's also the woman responsible for the Got Milk Milk Mustache campaign, and she is a total icon. Absolutely. She's a great leader and she did develop one of the greatest marketing campaigns of all time. And that's what's remarkable about Don is that she really has the courage to step out and do things different. And you know what, Kula, unless Don would have spoken up, this Got Milk campaign would have never, ever existed. And let me tell you something, the leaders I admire, they speak up when they think something can be better. They absolutely do. And we have a lot to learn from Don Sweeney, but I'm excited to get your take on some of the topics that you guys talked about in your interviews. So we're about to dive into this week's three more questions. David, are you ready? I'm always ready. Let's go. All right. Question number one. Don's mantra as a leader is work hard and be kind. I want to know what your mantra as a leader is and how that plays out in your day-to-day work. Well, my mantra was always, be the leader, act like the leader. And the fact was, is that I really believe that everybody in your organization can lead. It doesn't matter what role you're in. You can be an administrative assistant or you can be a vice president. It doesn't really matter. Let's say if you're an administrative assistant, you can take the lead. You can be proactive. You can get ahead of whoever you're working for and supporting and anticipate, but you can always lead. You don't want to sit back. And I always encouraged everybody to think of themselves as a leader and then act like a leader. And a, a leader never waits for somebody to tell them what to do. They're proactive. And That was my mantra, Kula. That's great. And I see that play out in how you lead us at How Leaders Lead. And I'm just grateful for that. And it really does have a big effect on my output and my work ethic when you really do take on that stance as a leader. I love it. You know, people will become what you see them as and what they see themselves as. And as a leader, one of the great things you can do is give people the confidence that you see in them what they might not see in themselves. And then you become what you think you are. And if you can get people thinking that, hey, I'm a leader, I can make it happen. Let me tell you something. You can get people really fired up and performing at their best. Absolutely. All right. Let's go on to question number two. Dawn has really great advice about how men can offer feedback to women in a way that they really hear and appreciate and respond to. And I'm curious, David, how do you approach feedback and how do you approach it maybe differently when you're offering feedback to women versus men? Well, first of all, Kula, I believe that everybody needs feedback. So men and women both need feedback and they need the same kind of feedback. They need honest feedback that will help them become the best they can be. My approach to feedback is basically twofold. The first thing I always do is tell people what I appreciate about them. Because once you do that, they know that you value them and they will feel appreciated and then they will hear what you have to suggest that can make them more effective. So I say, here's what I appreciate about you, and, not but, you can be more effective if you do these things. 
And I believe that model is a great model that works with both men and women. You know, the issue on the women's side, I think a lot of men are just too tentative. They don't realize just how much everyone needs feedback. So you don't really hold back. You know, you need to be empathetic. You need to be caring. You need to be appreciative and you need to be honest. And I think the appreciate and even more effective format is something that's very powerful. I love how practical that is. And for those of you listening, those are really simple ways to create a culture that embraces feedback and sees it as a gift. You know, one of the things I also did cool is I always would say, hey, would you like some coaching? You know, it's a great way to really get people committed to hear what you might have to say. And it's a very positive, productive way to go up to somebody and say, hey, I just observed you in this last meeting. Would you like some coaching? And then you could tell them what you appreciate about what you saw and how they could be even more effective. But that would you like some coaching is a great entree into feedback. Yeah, I really like that you brought up the point of asking someone if they were open to receiving some coaching, because I think what throws a lot of people off, especially women when their boss is a male, is walking into a conversation not knowing that they're about to receive critical feedback about their performance. And so I always appreciate before the conversation starts, the person offering the feedback, asking, would you be open to receiving some feedback on this topic or on this experience or on how you led this meeting? And what that does for me is puts me in the headspace of being open to receiving feedback and not being defensive. And I think, you know, that's not just something that women deal with. I think, you know, a lot of people are quick to be defensive because they don't want to be seen as, you know, weak or failure or whatever, but it just kind of sets the tone for the conversation in a way that both parties can share openly about what happened. And in that situation, I am much more open to hearing and receiving feedback that I know will make me better. It's that, and it's also just adopting this growth mindset, right? I'm the type of person who is always wanting to learn and get better and grow. And so a couple of years ago, I remember going to my boss saying, hey, I want to check in with you on a regular basis about how I'm doing and I want to learn, I want to grow and I want your feedback. So I remember every time I got off stage after I would speak to a group of people, I would go to my boss and say, hey, how'd it go? What could I do better? And so I think that part of it is just really adopting that growth mindset and knowing that feedback is not telling you that you're wrong. Feedback is given with the spirit of wanting you to perform better and really reach your potential. Have you found any difference in the way how men give feedback to you versus women? When women are giving feedback to each other, it feels a little bit softer, if that makes sense. So they're still offering critical feedback that's practical that will help me develop into a better leader or speaker or whatever it might be. But the connection that women have with women is different than the one that women have with men. So I think that it honestly sometimes is easier to receive feedback from women just because they approach conversations like this with a little less edge and like sharpness, if that makes sense. But with men, you know, I like keeping it very objective to the point facts-based because when it's that, you take their opinion of me out of it. And I can process that information as these are facts that are going to help me get better as opposed to this is how this person thinks about me. All right, question number three. 
One of the coolest parts of your interview with Dawn was when she talked about how she managed to get a room full of men on board with what became the Got Milk campaign. She basically told them that they were wrong and that they needed to go in a different direction. She was bold and courageous in that, and she was obviously rewarded for it. But I want to know, David, have you had an experience where you spoke up against people who maybe had more credibility than you did? And what advice can you give young leaders about when to speak their mind in high-stakes situations? Well, when I was running marketing and sales for the Pepsi-Cola company, I I was in charge of all the advertising campaigns and the strategy. But we had an advertising guru who actually went into the Advertising Hall of Fame, who sort of shepherded all the campaigns and made sure that we understood what the brands were and never really deviated too far from the basic premise that had been established. And one of the brands that we had that was really doing well, but not as good as what I thought it could be doing, was Mountain Dew. And Pepsi had this philosophy on the advertising that everything you did with Mountain Dew had to be in the country. It had to be around water. It was started out as Yahoo Mountain Dew, and everything was all about water imagery, diving into lakes and skiing. And I felt that that was okay, but I thought it was sort of like 1960s and that we needed to contemporize the brand. And I wanted to take Mountain Dew out of the country and into the city. I wanted to give it more of a mainstream feel. Well, the leader of the advertising said, that is crazy, there's no way you can do it. And so I went around him and we had Diet Mountain Dew. Nobody really cared about Diet Mountain Dew. It was a very small little brand. So I created this campaign that took Diet Mountain Dew out of the country into the city and we created the Dew Boys. And the these Dew Brothers, they started out with this campaign, which was been there, done that. And we made that phrase part of the vernacular. And then it was so popular that everybody at Mountain Dew said, hey, we got to take this and really use this for the big brand, big brand Mountain Dew. And so we launched it with the Dew Brothers around the notion of do the do. And, you know, that's still around today. But nobody agreed with this. I just had to find another way to skin the cat, as they say. And it ended up being enormously popular advertising. But more importantly, it drove the heck out of sales. I mean, sales just went through the roof. Do the do. I don't think I ever knew that was your genius. The Dew Brothers. Well, it wasn't my genius. You know, the, my advertising partners of BBDO came up with it. I was the, the guy behind the strategy and also recognized their genius and approved the advertising and got it done. It's always a team, Kula. David, this is kind of maybe a part two to the third question of the three more questions. But I'm wondering if you have any insight or advice you could offer to people who you know, might feel like they have a better idea or know something that their leader might not know about what they should do with a campaign, what would you tell them? I would tell them, hey, the reason why you have the job you're in is you're needed. And you have so much to offer and you gotta be confident enough to speak up and take that risk. The real problem is, is people are afraid to speak up because they're afraid that somebody's gonna put them down and not do what they had to say. And and that can happen. But, you know, I think by and large, you get more respect and people see you more as a leader if you're willing to step up and make a stand. 
You know, I did a podcast once with Becky Frankowitz, who's in charge of Manpower Group. And she used to work at Frito-Lay in marketing. And she had a great idea for a marketing strategy that she really felt was great. She'd done all the homework and she laid it out there. And and the CEO of Frito-Lay told her she was crazy. She shouldn't do that. And that was not the way to go. But it ended up that she was right. And she only wishes that she would have stuck to her guns and not went back into the corner when she got challenged by her boss and came right back at her and said, hey, this is what we really need to do. But I think it takes time and grade to get that confidence so that you can step up. When you're, you just get out of college or you just start your first job, you're not going to go in there that first day and tell everybody how wrong they are. <laughs> It really helps if you really get good at doing your job really well. And when you do that, then I think you're able to really provide all the feedback and all the direction that you feel in your heart, and you can do it with a lot of confidence. Thanks so much, David, for another iconic episode of Three More Questions. Well, let me tell you something. There's a lot of things that are iconic, but I don't think this is, okay? But I do hope that it helps people and uh, because we're really on that mission, as you know, Kula, to make the world a better place by developing better leaders. And we're hoping that if people just carve out a little time with us each and every week, we can help build the confidence that you need to lead well. And in this case, it's the confidence to speak up and tell people what you're thinking. After all, you're getting paid wherever you work. You might as well make sure everybody gets their money's worth. <laughs> That's exactly right. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll see you on Thursday for David's conversation with Bill Harrison, the former chairman and CEO of J.P. Morgan Chase. Bill's a good friend of mine. He's got a lot of wisdom and I know you're going to love it. And so listen to this podcast this Thursday and, and we'll see you Monday back with three questions with Kula Callahan. <laughs>